0: Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm your host today, Aaron Schlein from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Sacramento District. Today's episode of Inside the Castle is part of a series focused on career development within the Army Corps of Engineers. The goal for this series is simple share proven skills and strategies to help our USACE teammates move their careers and the nation forward. Today's episode is all about the art and the science of feedback. Oh, no, no, not that type of feedback. I'm talking about the kind of feedback that lets us know where our strengths are and where our weaknesses lie. And maybe, just maybe, it can help us figure out what people are saying about us when we're not around. Feedback keeps us on our toes. It makes us better professionals and better humans. That is, if we allow it to. But where does good feedback come from? And what do we do with it? And what about lousy, hurtful, misguided feedback? How do we keep it from ruining our day? Or worse, ruining our lives? So we're going to spend the next two episodes talking about all things feedback. And today we're going to talk about some effective ways to solicit feedback. And then in the next career development episode, we're going to talk about what to do with it. I don't think that an episode about feedback would be complete without asking you, our Inside the Castle listeners, to sound off with some feedback of your own. I'm going to get to that a little later on in the show, but if you feel like you just can't wait another minute to share your thoughts, there's a link in the episode description on your podcast player, and that link's going to take you straight to a Microsoft form where you can let us know what you love, what you like, what you dislike and what you detest about the Inside the Castle career development series. Now, this series can only be successful if we're delivering content that makes an impact, and we want to know what matters to you. So whether you do it now or you wait till later, go ahead, follow that link in the episode description. Let us know what's on your mind. There are virtually endless reasons why you might want to ask someone's opinion. From the casual, hey, what do you think of these shoes? To the awkward, you know, I've decided to quit my job as an insurance salesman and go into stand-up comedy, so why don't you just sit there and I'm going to tell you some jokes and you let me know what you think, okay? No! To the downright uncomfortable, I understand you're dumping me, honey, but before you go, would you mind giving me some... Honest feedback about my performance as your boyfriend. Now, compared to that last one, asking your boss how you're doing at work should seem like a breeze. Because this is a career development podcast, we're going to limit the discussion to collecting feedback about your job performance. Now, first up, I want to talk about performance reviews and the often overlooked opportunity to solicit meaningful and specific feedback about your job performance. If you're a Corps of Engineers employee, which if you're listening to this podcast, then there's a good chance that you are, then you know that our annual performance reviews are coming up in just a few weeks. And while performance reviews are a decent source of feedback, performance reviews don't always present you with the opportunity to be proactive in seeking the type of feedback you're looking for. Feedback about the things that matter most to you. Uh, Performance reviews, they certainly can vary from industry to industry, from agency to agency, and even from employee to employee. So I want to focus on an element that is hopefully somewhat consistent across the board, and that is your opportunity as an employee to provide a self-assessment to your supervisor to help inform their review. Now, Here at the Corps of Engineers, employee input is not mandatory, but it is highly, highly encouraged. And speaking to you candidly from a supervisor's point of view, employee self-assessments are wildly helpful when writing performance appraisals. The way I describe it is that assessing an employee's performance and recommending a rating for them is like a legal case where the employee is the plaintiff, their supervisor is the attorney, and the senior rater, which is the supervisor's supervisor. That senior rater is the judge and the jury. So if I was your supervisor, it doesn't matter... Or at least it doesn't matter as much as you might think it does. It doesn't matter how great I might think that you are, that your job performance is. Because if I can't present my management with a solid case for why you deserve a high rating, then it's going to be a challenge to recommend you, my employee, for anything higher than an average rating. So the opportunity that I think is often missed when employees prepare their self-assessments is to solicit feedback from others and to include that feedback in your self-assessment. Now that feedback could come from colleagues, could come from partners, project delivery team members, project managers, a mentor, even a mentee. And when you think about how many people you work with in some capacity within a given year, there are just a lot of possibilities of people who you can reach out to and ask for feedback. Here's a real-world example from my own performance evaluation. Now, in my performance evaluation, there's an entire section devoted to relationships and communication. Uh, Now, for a supervisor, evaluating an employee on their ability to build relationships and their ability to communicate, that can be difficult to evaluate. And again, it doesn't matter how highly my supervisor thinks of me. If she can't make a case to her boss about my accomplishments in the area of relationships and communication, then it's going to be an uphill battle for me to get anything more than just an average rating. So what can I do about it? Well, first, I identify every single person I've spoken to. In a professional setting over the past year, I ask each of those people to produce a 10-page handwritten testimonial describing my unparalleled ability to enhance human connection and my mastery of all forms of communication about how the team's messages that I send have a unique way of bringing out the good in all of us and that my webinars are worthy of Academy Awards and how my thoughtful and informative emails make even the most battle-hardened green suitors weep. In their coffee cups. And then I take all of those testimonials, I load them into an oversized truck and I dump them on my boss's driveway by the dawn's early light. Yes, indeed, I could do that. Or I can just send a few quick emails to some colleagues who I've worked closely with over the past year or so, tell them that I've got my annual review coming up and that I'd really appreciate a brief response with some honest feedback about my performance. Not everyone's going to respond, but you might be surprised about how many people do. And then once you've received some feedback, take some time to soak it in. Is it positive? Is it constructive? Is it actionable? We're going to go deeper into what to do with feedback in the next episode. But once you have those responses from your colleagues... All you need to do is copy and paste some of your favorites right there into your self-evaluation, and bam, you've got some cold, hard evidence. Evidence that you need, and your supervisor needs, to put you in the running for a high rating on your annual review. With all the technology and the tools that are available to us these days, there are a lot more sophisticated ways to collect feedback. Like I mentioned earlier, Microsoft Forms is a great tool that every single core of engineers has access to. So rather than asking people to craft a free response email to your request for feedback, you could put together a a form in Microsoft Forms and simply send them the link to that feedback form you create. And you can use that same form again, year after year after year, performance evaluation after performance evaluation. Now I want to dive deeper into specific tactics, not just the tools or the motivation, but the tactics of how to go about soliciting feedback. And I'm going to approach this through the lens of an employee seeking feedback from their supervisor. But really, these are somewhat universal techniques that can be applied when soliciting feedback in a variety of situations. I had some help with this discussion from Kim Scott. Kim is the author of Radical Candor, which you can learn more about at radicalcandor.com. I'll also put a link to that in the episode description in your podcast player. And I want to share with you four pieces of advice from Kim Scott about soliciting feedback. And these are Kim's steps, but I am going to discuss them from the perspective of a Corps of Engineers employee, which of course I am. Step number one is have a go-to question. Having a go-to question is going to require you to, in advance, craft a question that you can deploy in situations where you want to seek the feedback of others. This should be a natural sounding question, a question delivered in your own voice and adapted specifically for the person you're seeking feedback from. Kim does offer us an example of what a go-to question might look like. And her example is, what could I do or stop doing that would make it easier to work with me? Oof, heavy question, right? Heavy and also very, very good, in my opinion. I was fortunate enough to spend several months in 2020 doing some one-on-one coaching with a gentleman named Guy Greco. And I hope Guy won't mind me calling him a gentleman. (laughs) guy offered me a slightly different version of this go-to question. He called it stop, start, continue. Stop, start, continue was part of a supervisor 360 feedback survey that I sent to my employees as part of the coaching exercise. And the question is simply meant to capture the things that you are currently doing that you may want to consider stopping. The things that you're not doing that you might want to think of starting. And finally, hopefully there's a lot of things on this list, but the things that you're doing great and that you should continue doing greatly. So kind of taking Kim's example and Guy's example, and then putting my own spin on it, the way I like to describe the go-to question is a question that shows that you really care about growth and you have a desire to contribute at an even higher level than you are now. And one thing to understand or to consider when you're asking others for feedback is that it can be just as uncomfortable being the person who's being asked for the feedback as it is for the person who's requesting the feedback. So after you've asked your go-to question, the next step in our process of soliciting feedback is to embrace that discomfort. And one technique that Kim recommends is that after you've asked that go to question is to wait, to wait for what may seem like an astonishingly long time after you have asked your unique feedback question until you speak again. Kim Scott recommends waiting for six seconds six seconds, the length of that awkward pause that may have had you checking to see if maybe your Wi-Fi went out or your phone died. So wait at least six grueling and painful seconds after you ask your unique feedback question until you speak again. And according to Kim Scott, the goal here is not to be a bully or try to intimidate the other person with your silence, but to insist on a candid discussion and to make it harder for the person to say nothing than to tell you what they're thinking. Step number three, listen with the intent to understand, not to respond. After you get your feedback, take the time to process it, to take it on board and understand the feedback. Kim Scott had a great line that may help you get through this difficult step. And her line was, get curious, not furious. I love that. Take the time to process what they're telling you. Don't forget to breathe. Make sure you walk away with an understanding of the intent of the feedback. Now, I know this pitfall as well as anyone, It is so easy in those moments to let your mind start racing while the other person's talking, thinking about how wrong the other person is, and you immediately start crafting a blistering rebuttal in your mind. Or maybe you can't help but think about how right they are. And then your mind starts piecing together solutions before you've truly processed the feedback for understanding. So, As the old saying goes, you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. We should be listening twice as much as We're speaking and I have another slightly more direct version of that timeless advice and my version is that you can't talk and learn at the same time In other words, if you're talking you're not learning One exception being that if you're at a restaurant in Paris trying to order your meal in French You might learn something there while you're talking like that four years of college French wasn't as helpful as one might think personal story there your mileage may vary And the final piece of the feedback puzzle, and this one is key, when you do receive the candid and sincere feedback that you're asking for, reward the candor, reward that sincerity. What you're saying is, thank you. Thank you for the feedback. I value you. I value your opinion. I value your feedback, and I want more of it. Reward that candor. Reward that sincerity. Thank you with us and have a pleasant day. Well, friends, that brings the meaty part of the episode to a close. Like I mentioned earlier, the Inside the Castle team would love your feedback about the show and how we can do a better job at serving you and delivering content that rewards the investment of your time the time that you spend to tune in and listen to Inside the Castle. There is a link in the episode description in your podcast player that will take you to a Microsoft form. Now, some less sophisticated podcast players may make you copy that link and then paste it into your browser. It's one little speed bump, but I'm confident that you'll manage because, hey, you listen to this show, and that means you're no slouch. By the way, the feedback form is anonymous, by default, but you will have the opportunity to share your name and your contact information if you like. And if you do decide to share your info, you can expect a personal message from me in return to thank you for your generous feedback. And if you want to reach out to me directly, you can also find my email address at the top of that form. Maybe you have some episode ideas, questions about the show, or maybe you just want to see if I'll respond. Spoiler alert, I will Please go ahead, email me at the address on the top of that MS form that's linked in the episode description on your podcast player. I want to thank you so much for continuing to follow us on our journey here in the Career Development series. But for now, for Inside the Castle, this is Aaron Schlein signing off. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary.